Welcome everybody. So glad you've joined us here today. Glad you've joined us on social media and this is Christmas time and I say Merry Christmas to everybody. It's uh, it's just so good to be in the house of God worshiping the Lord on, on Christmas. It's good to be here worshiping Him anytime, but it's just something special about Christmas time. So, so anyway, hey, let's get into the Word of God. Uh, I have an interesting message here today for you, but I always like to start with the Scripture if I, if I can. And uh, uh, Mark the 6th chapter and the 12th verse, Mark the 6th chapter and the 12th verse, says, so they, and this is talking about Jesus' disciples, went out and preached that people should repent. They went out and preached that people should repent. Now, you know, I use that verse because it sets up this whole message that I want to share with you this morning. You know, in 1970, there was a musical made based on Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And, and they title it Scrooge. And it, 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 if you haven't seen it, I, we put it on Facebook. It, uh, uh, you know, uh, I was uh, uh, requesting everybody to watch that before you came today or before you tuned in here today, if you could. But it's from 1970. And I tell you what, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's worth your hour and a half. It really is because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, but it's a musical, and it's the best one I've ever seen done, and it brings that book that he wrote to life. And it's just, it's a musical, but it's so well done, and it's just, it's called Scrooge. And what I, what I want to do is, based on, on Charles Dickens' book, uh, Christmas Carol, and based on that musical, Scrooge, I want to share with you today lessons from Scrooge, lessons from Scrooge. What lessons can we learn from Scrooge? The first thing I want to say is, is, is uh, the, the Christmas carol that Charles Dickens wrote and, and Scrooge really is all about Christmas. It's all about Christmas. Of course, we think about Scrooge at Christmas time. It's because it's all about Christmas. And it's really all about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and whether someone's going to receive him or reject him. And, uh, and, and Scrooge is about Christmas. It's about repentance and a new life. That's why I read that verse. They went out and preached that everyone should repent because Scrooge is about repentance. It's about Christmas, repentance, and a new life. Now, as the movie begins, Scrooge from 1970... We see a happy town, it's London, it's on Christmas Eve in 1860. And other than those inflicted by, uh, because the town is happy, and everybody's happy, there's much singing going on, and it's happy town, and everybody's happy other than those who are in, inflicted by the debt that they owe Ebenezer Scrooge, one of the world's most miserable, Terrible, awful, dreadful, bad, mean, skinflint misers. And the scene quickly shifts to the investment banking building of Scrooge and Marley. And Marley, who, like Scrooge, was a skinflint and a miser, he had died seven Christmas Eves prior to this scene here. And in the office... Uh, in the office of this building, we find Scrooge and his faithful employee, Bob Cratchit. 
working until late hours on Christmas Eve with barely enough heat to make the room comfortable as Scrooge won't spend the money to put more coal on the fire. Of course, Christmas carolers come to Scrooge's door singing Christmas carols, singing about the Lord Jesus. And Scrooge goes out there and shoes them away, runs them off, declaring that Christmas is humbug. And that is a clear rejection of Jesus Christ. Now, in a few mo moments later, after the carolers are shooed away, there's another knock on the door. And Scrooge thinks it's the carolers coming back and he was going to shoo him away again. But this time it was his nephew and his nephew pays him a visit. And he invited Scrooge to a Christmas party at his house the next day on Christmas. And this he had done for many years. Uh, lesson. Be kind to unkind people. Be kind to unkind people. So we see Scrooge's nephew being kind to someone who was very unkind. And after the invitation from Scrooge's nephew, Scrooge again declares Christmas as humbug, which is a clear rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he throws his nephew out of his office, which he had done every year the nephews come over to invite him. But again, be kind to unkind people. Now, Bob Cratchit, after the nephew is thrown out, Bob Cratchit has to basically beg for his salary from Scrooge and for getting Christmas Day off, which is the next day. Scrooge reluctantly gives Cratchit Christmas off declaring that Christmas is a poor excuse for picking an employer's pocket every 25th of December. Scrooge tells Cratchit to be in all the earlier the next day. Have you ever had a boss like that? Scrooge then, after Cratchit leaves, Scrooge then makes his way to his house Singing the song, I Hate People. What do you think about that? And as he goes his way, Scrooge is met by two men from an orphanage looking for a donation. Scrooge tells them his taxes go toward those institutions. The men tell Scrooge many would rather die than go to those institutions. Scrooge says they should go ahead and die and declare and decrease, decrease the surplus population. What a mean man. Scrooge then tries to collect debts from many of the townspeople who owe him money, further punishing them for late payment. Now Scrooge, whoops, Scrooge, who is a multimillionaire, eventually arrives at his decrepit, lonely, run-down house to eat dinner and to go to bed. Now you think about all the money he had 
And if, when you look at that film and you see his house, it's the curtains are tattered and torn and everything's dirty and run down. And Scrooge was a multi-millionaire. He was an investment banker, but he wouldn't spend any money unless he absolutely had to. And he arrives at this decrepit, lonely, run-down house to eat dinner and go to bed. And as Scrooge eats dinner, the eternally condemned spirit of Jacob Marley appears from hell. Remember, that was his partner, Jacob Marley, in, in, in business. And, and Jacob Marley, he had died seven Christmas Eves ago. His condemned spirit, wrapped in chains appears from hell to warn Scrooge to repent and also to announce the coming of three ghosts later that night. One would come, the first one would come at one, which would be the ghost of Christmas past, and then there would be another ghost at two, which would be the ghost of Christmas present, and then there'd be a final ghost at three. And that was the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Of course, Scrooge wanted to take them all at once and get it over with. But there's one coming at one, one coming at two, and one coming at three. And Scrooge makes this statement to Marley because Marley is there warning Scrooge to repent. And there's three spirits going to be coming, as I've said. And Scrooge makes this statement to Marley. He says this. He said, for pity's sake, Marley, leave me alone. Marley responds, it was for pity's sake that I have come. Lesson. As seen in Luke, the 16th chapter. Those in hell want to warn their lost family and friends who are alive on the earth to repent and not come to that place of torment. Don't ever forget this. Everybody who is in hell right now has become a soul winner. And they wish they'd have gotten saved while on earth and they wish they'd, they would have been soul winners while on earth. But they're in hell now. It's too late. But as seen in Luke, the 16th chapter, from the words of our Lord Jesus himself, those who are in hell have concern for lost people back up, up here on the earth and don't want them to come to that place of torment. And we see that with Marley. He didn't want Scrooge to come to that place of torment. That's why he showed up to warn him. As Marley departs, leaving Scrooge with just the tiniest chance of repentance... Scrooge does not repent. Think about that. He had an appearance of a spirit, Marley. But Scrooge does not repent, still declaring Christmas as humbug. Lesson. God does not stop reaching out to those who are warned to repent and yet refuse. Let's be thankful God continues to reach out to the lost even as they continually reject him because he's a good God. So the ghost of Christmas past arrives at 1 a.m. right on time. 
And now we have the ghost of Christmas past, and here's a lesson. We can learn from our past, but we must not live in our past. We learn Scrooge because you see this ghost, this spirit takes Scrooge back in time. And he's able to see his past. And when they're there, the people that they, they don't know Scrooge and this ghost of Christmas past is there. You understand that? They're just looking in and observing Scrooge's past. And we learned Scrooge had a miserable childhood. His dad was not kind to him at all. So we learned Scrooge had a miserable childhood, which would give reason for him growing up to be so mean and, and terrible and miserable. Yet we also learned that Scrooge, as a, as, as a young man in his 20s and 30s, had a wonderful life. He worked for Fezziwig. I really like Fezziwig. He was a wonderful employer, yet Scrooge, well, think about this, Scrooge, you see, he, Scrooge had, had, had his, his dad was a mean man, and Scrooge had a miserable childhood, so you could understand why Scrooge turned out the way he did, but also he worked for Fezziwig, who was a wonderful employer, but yet Scrooge turned out to be a miserable employer, as the way he treated Bob Cratchit, lesson. Our past plays a role in who we turn out to be, but our present decisions play an even, even bigger one. I'll say that again. Our past plays a role in who we turn out to be, but our present decisions play an even bigger one. So many blame the way they are today on what happened to them in years gone by, but ultimately it's a choice we make as to what kind of a person we're going to be in the here and the now. You understand that? And so many want to blame the way they are on their past and claim they cannot change. But lessons from Scrooge will show otherwise as we go on here. Also, we see the young Scrooge probably in his mid to late 20s. He was engaged to be married to a wonderful lady. It was Fezziwig's daughter. Her name was Belle in the in the movie. But in the process of time, before they were married, Scrooge fell in love with something else. He fell in love with money. Bell came to Scrooge's office to break off the engagement. She told him he now loved money more than he loved her. She placed her ring on one side of a pair of balancing scales Scrooge had on his desk. Then she put a few coins on the other side of the scale and they tipped in favor of the money. She told Scrooge that if she were weighed against his desire for money, she weighed very little. She left his office and went away. And he let her go. The young Scrooge let her go. Seeing more value in the diamond engagement ring he had just regained. As Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas passed, watch this scene play out. Scrooge 
the old Scrooge who's there in this vision cries out to Bell, but she couldn't hear him. And he says, don't go, don't go. It's a mistake. Then he turns and calls himself, the young Scrooge, the old Scrooge that's there in the vision, calls his younger self a fool for letting Bell go. Scrooge lost the love of his life and a happy future over money. Some lessons here. One lesson, money can't love you back. And as Scrooge weeps before the ghost of Christmas past, he tells this ghost, take me away from this place. I can bear it no more. Lesson. The decisions of our past greatly affect our here and now. And you know that as well as I do. We are all where we are right now, by and large, from the decisions we've made in days and years gone by. And I don't know if you're like me, but there's been times in my life I thought, oh, if I could just go back to such and such time, to such and such place, I would do this differently. I would do that differently. Can anybody relate to that besides me? And now Scrooge, you see, if he had repented then when he was younger and married Belle and built a life with her and went on and had children and all. You see, now he goes home to that lonely, decrepit house with no one there. But if he had married her, how different things could have been for him as he grew older. Now he's alone, has no one. But you see, that decision he made all those years ago affected him. Now, there's nothing we can do about the past other than learn from it. But let us make sure that we make decisions in the here and the now so that our future will be much brighter and better. So Scrooge, after this scene of going back into the past, he's back in his bedroom because now they've come back in time to the present. But he's still questioning all of this. This Did this really happen? Did the spirit really appear to me? Did I go back in time? And then at that point, enter the ghost of Christmas present. 2 a.m., right on time. And this ghost was my favorite one in the movie. And he declares, when he sees Scrooge, he declares Scrooge is meaner and more miserable than he was told. He has Scrooge drink from a chalice, what appears to be wine, but it's actually the milk of human kindness. And Scrooge actually likes it and wants more to drink. And after Scrooge drinks this milk of human kindness and laughs for the first time probably in decades and giggles and... They go now they go over to Bob Cratchit's house. You understand, you know the story, but 
they go over to, this is the ghost of Christmas present, and they go over to Bob Cratchit's house, who, remember, is Scrooge's poorly paid employee. And the, the Cratchits are poor, but they're happy. Here's a lesson. You don't need money to be happy. Now, I know what Lee Trevino said, the golfer. He said, I've been rich and I've been poor. He says, being rich is better. <laughs> and I also like what, I also like what uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart said to Clarence on A Wonderful Life when Clarence, that angel, said, we don't use money up in heaven. And Jimmy Stewart said, well, it comes in pretty handy down here, bub. <laughs> so we, you have to have money to live and you have to have money to operate. And the Bible is not against us having money, but it's the love of money. That is the root of all kinds of evil. And you see that Scrooge made a God out of it and loved it. And it caused all kinds of problems in, in his life. But the Cratchits didn't have much. But they had a happy family life, which is more valuable than you can imagine. And money can't buy that. And you know money can't make you happy because Scrooge was a multimillionaire and he wasn't happy. As Scrooge looks into the window over at Cratchit's house, he hears Bob saying nice things about him. Now remember, the Cratchits didn't know he was there because they've gone in this vision over, you understand the story. And he's looking in the window as the Cratchits are having their, they're preparing their, their Christmas Eve, their Christmas dinner. And Scrooge looks in the window of the Cratchit's house. He hears Bob saying nice things about him. And I say, wow, to that. Think about that. Bob Cratchit saying nice things about Scrooge and Scrooge is listening in and hearing Bob Cratchit say nice things about a man who well, won't give him Christmas Eve off, won't pay him enough money, won't let him sit in a warm room. And yet he's saying nice things about Scrooge behind his back. Now you think about that. I mean, most people talk bad about people behind their back, but I think we ought to talk good about people behind their back. And that's what Scrooge found. He found that Cratchit was saying nice things about him. Behind his back. Lesson. We should never talk bad about people, even mean people, behind their back. Yeah, but they deserve it. They're mean and, you know, Scrooge was mean, but what was Cratchit doing? He was talking good behind his back. If you're going to talk bad about somebody behind their back, be sure it's good stuff. I know as a pastor, my wife and I, we've had people over the last two decades say all kinds of terrible things about us behind our back, and, and most of which are not even true. A lesson we should learn from Bob Cratchit. And you think about this. What a good example that was for the Cratchit children. 
as they heard their dad saying good things about a mean man. Don't you think that must have had a, a positive effect on Cratchit's children? You know, I think we do a disservice to our children. I know we do a disservice to our children when our children hear us talking badly about people behind their backs. And you know what? We know later in the story, Scrooge gets saved. But I think this could have been very instrumental in Scrooge repenting. When he heard Bob Cratchit saying nice things about him behind his back. Now Scrooge then sees that tiny Tim, which is Cratchit's youngest son, he sees that he's ill. And this saddens Scrooge, strangely enough. Because here's a man who said, well, they ought to just die and decrease the surplus population. But when he sees that tiny Tim is ill, he shows concern. And it's probably because he had had to drink of the milk of human kindness. But the milk of human kindness was starting to wear off. And he asked the ghost of Christmas present for another shot of that or another drink of that milk of human kindness. And listen to this. The spirit tells Scrooge, no, you need to see things the way they really are. Lesson, especially in this country right now of the United States of America, with fakeness and lies almost everywhere, we need to see things the way they really are. Not the way that we wish that they would be. Many people seek out a news network that's going to tell them exactly what they want to hear. And I don't know that there is one news network that's really telling you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You see, right now in this country, we need to see things the way they really are. And until we see things the way they really are, we can't change and we can't experience change. Can you say amen? We need to see things the way they really are. We really do. We need to see things the way they really are, not the way that we wish they would be. We must not live in an alternative reality. And it's very difficult right now in the United States because it's hard to determine what's true and what's not. So let's learn this lesson from Scrooge and let's do our best to see things the way they really are. Then they take a trip to Scrooge's nephew's house. We're in, the, we're in the present now. They just left Cratchit's and now they go over to Scrooge's nephew's house where they're having a big Christmas party with many guests. Remember, Scrooge had been invited to that party every year for the last many years and have always declined declaring Christmas as humbug. But when Scrooge gets there, and of course the people in the room don't know he, he and the ghost of Christmas present are there. <laughs> he, 
and some of the milk of human kindness has worn off a little bit, you know, and he's in there screaming at his nephew, <laughs> you know, how he's going to disinherit him from his will if he was in his will to start with and all of that, you know. And then the ghost of Christmas present gives him some more of the milk of human kindness to drink and it it, it and, and Scrooge gets gets a little happier again, you know, and but he's watching this party as it goes on. And he, but he's declined going every year, declaring Christmas as humbug. And they played this cool game. If you, if you just watch the movie for this one thing, they played the minister's cat. And it's really a cool, a cool game. And, it, and so if you, if you just watch the movie for that, it'd be, it'd be worth the whole thing. But uh, be that as it may, listen to this. Scrooge hears his nephew make a toast to him. This is like what happened at Cratchit's house. Scrooge hears his nephew toast Scrooge, saying that he likes Scrooge. Now here's a man that was always mean to his nephew, and his nephew is toasting Scrooge. He doesn't know Scrooge is there listening. But he toasts Scrooge, and the guests question the nephew, and they say, why do you like and toast such a mean man like your uncle Scrooge? And his nephew declares, if I can like and toast the meanest man in the whole wide world, I know that my heart is right. Here's a lesson. Here's another lesson. We've already seen this, but it's, it's a, it, it bears repetition. Talking good behind someone's back can be instrumental in their salvation. Don't you think that affected Scrooge for the good, as mean as he was, when he heard his nephew, who had every reason to talk bad about him, heard Bob Cratchit, who had every reason to talk bad about him, but he heard Cratchit and his nephew behind his back, when they didn't know Scrooge was listening, saying good things about him. That can affect people in such positive ways that, that it, it, I can't even put in words. Wouldn't you like to hear somebody saying nice things about you behind your back instead of bad things? And you have to remember, as I've already said, year after year on Christmas Eve, Scrooge would throw his nephew out of his office as his nephew came over and invited him to this Christmas party. But here's another lesson Always believe, always believe the best of everyone and never stop being nice to people, no matter how mean they are to you. You see this lesson again and again here in, in this story. Well, after the ghost of Christmas present gets through with Scrooge, then at 3 a.m. right on time, the ghost of Christmas yet to come appears, the ghost of the future. Scrooge tells this spirit who is dressed so Scrooge cannot see his face. This was a scary looking guy. He said, Scrooge said to this spirit, he said, I fear you more than the spirits I have already seen. Yet I know you have come to do me well. I feel my time is short and the night weighs on. And he says, lead on spirit, lead on. And we come to one of the most powerful lessons I think that we see in this story. I call it the lesson of the tale of two endings. The lesson of the tale of two endings. 
They're very different endings, but they're almost identical. And you'll see what I mean as I go on here. This ghost of Christmas yet to come takes Scrooge into the city the very next morning on Christmas Day. And the first ending, as you watch this movie, goes like this. Scrooge sees great merriment in the town among the multitudes who owed him money. Yet Scrooge is not able to see that he had died earlier that night on Christmas Eve. And as a result, all the people who owed Scrooge money were freed from their debts. Tom Jenkins, who owed Scrooge money, tore up Scrooge's payment book as the crowd sings, thank you very much, thank you very much, that's the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. And what were they thankful for? That Scrooge had died. But Scrooge was unable to see that in this vision. He just knew that the town was happy and, and they were singing thank you very much. As Jenkins tore up the payment book because Scrooge had died and the debts were canceled. And then, now remember that, we're going to come back to that. Scrooge is then taken to the cemetery where he sees that Tiny Tim has died. And then Scrooge asks the ghost of Christmas yet to come, what will happen to me? And the ghost takes Scrooge to another part of the cemetery where Scrooge sees his own tombstone. And we all know what our start date is, but none of us know what our end date is. Think about what it would be like to see into the future and be able to look at your tombstone and see your end date. And Scrooge sees his end date, realizing that he had died. And he turns to this ghost to plead for mercy. And he then was able to see this ghost in, in his face. And it was so awesome and scary that it startled Scrooge. And he jumped back and he went down into his grave. And then you see Scrooge descending through this long tunnel. So, you ought to go watch this movie. It's so accurate, I think, with the Bible. Those who die that are lost without Christ, yes, their bodies go in the grave, but their spirits descend down what I think is clear as a tunnel, down, 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 down into the regions of the doomed. And that's what happened to Scrooge. His spirit descended down, 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 down through that tunnel. Descending down, down, and he winds up in the pit of hell. He died without Christ, you see. But he's seeing this in this vision. And Scrooge, when he's in hell, he again sees Marley. And Scrooge is left in, in a jail cell in hell, wrapped in a great eternal chain of torment. As Scrooge cries out for mercy, saying he will repent, immediately, see this was a vision. See, people who actually die and go to hell have no second chance. 
But this was a vision. And he's there in hell and he's got these chains which were far more great than what Marley had seven Christmas Eves ago. And he's wrapped in these chains and he's crying out for help and mercy. And then and then he wakes up and he realizes he's in his bedroom and he has his bed sheets wrapped around his neck like the chains were. And that brings us to ending number two, the tale of two endings. You see, what I just told you about was a vision of the future of what was going to happen if Scrooge didn't repent. But as Scrooge wakes up from this vision of hell and he's in his bedroom with these sheets wrapped around his neck, he still questions whether all these things were real. Think about that. But then he makes a decision of faith to believe that they were real. And that's something we all must come to, a decision of faith, whether or not we're going to believe that God and the things of God are real or not. A lot of people say, oh, if, a, if an angel appeared to me or if the Lord Jesus appeared to me, and, and you know, as wonderful I, as those things would be, ultimately it comes down, are we going to believe this holy book? Apart from any vision or any dream. And that's what happened to Scrooge. He had these magnificent appearances of these spirits, but yet he still had to come down to was he going to believe it or not? And he made the decision to have faith and believe that these things were real. And he cries out and he says, I'm alive, I'm alive. You know, the Bible says it's better to be a living dog than a dead lion. Why is that? Because as long as you're alive, as long as there's breath in your body, you still have time to repent and change. Amen. But once you're dead, then it's too late. And Scrooge, in that moment of time, he repents. And receives Christ. And I think it's clear because later on he says, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And then he declares, I feel lighter than a feather. Well, when people, have you ever heard people say that when they got saved, they feel like a, like a 10 ton weight lifted off of them? I never knew what that was for all those, all those years till I find, found it in the Bible. It's in John 3.36, I believe it is, when, when, when the, John the Baptist is talking about people that, that do not have Christ. says the wrath of God abides on them. And the moment somebody repents and receives Jesus, the wrath of God is lifted from them and you feel light as a feather. And that's what Scrooge says, I feel light as a feather. Isn't that wonderful? And then... Scrooge goes into the town and he, he goes to many, many of the stores in the town and he basically buys them all out. And he freaks out the store owners. And then he goes to the town singing, I love people and I love life. Well, earlier he was singing, I hate people and I hate life. You see what the new birth will do to somebody. And he goes through the town singing this song, blessing people with the gifts he has just purchased. He runs across his nephew and, and he gives his nephew and his wife a gift and accepts their, their invitation to Christmas lunch. And then Scrooge, Scrooge goes over to Bob Cratchit's house, bringing all the toys from the toy store to his children. 
He doubles Cratchit's salary and vows to pay Tiny Tim's medical bills to get him well so that he won't die. And this freaks Bob Cratchit out and his wife. Listen to this. They did not recognize Scrooge. And so it is with someone who gets born again. If any man be in Christ, the Bible said, old things have passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. Glory to God. You shouldn't recognize somebody after they get born again because there should be such a such a change, you see. And then watch this. Scrooge forgives the debts of everyone who owed him money. And Scrooge, listen to this tale of two endings, very different but very the same. Then Scrooge tears up his payment book. Remember earlier, Jenkins tore it up because Scrooge was dead and the town was rejoicing over his death. But now Scrooge tears up his payment book and the crowd sings, thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing everyone, anyone has ever done for me. Lesson, listen here, either Scrooge tears up his payment book and the crowd sings at Scrooge's repentance or Tom Jenkins tears it up and the crowd sings at Scrooge's death. Either way, that book was going to be torn up. Either way, that crowd was going to sing, thank you very much. It's just which ending did Scrooge want? Did he want it to be because he didn't repent and died and went to hell? Or did he want that to be done because he repented and he tore the book up himself. Tale of two endings. Uh, I know which ending I would screw, uh, Scrooge if I was Scrooge. And Ch Scrooge, try saying Scrooge and choose together at the same time. Try that. But be that as it may, I know that Scrooge chose the right ending. Can you say amen? amen. Wasn't it a better deal him repenting and tearing it up and them singing thank you very much than him refusing to repent, dying and going to hell and them see the same ending but very different and it was all up to Scrooge. Would he repent or not? Powerful, powerful lesson that we should learn from this movie. I think things, things some things in our life are going to wind up certain ways but it's up to us how they end up. And you see, Scrooge made the right choice and he repented. And then after all this happens, Scrooge sees those two men from the orphanage that he saw earlier and he promises them he'll give them money every year and they're happy. And then here's where Scrooge declares Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, which indicated that he had accepted Jesus Christ. He kept Christmas and the book, I think, brings this out more than the movie, but he kept Christmas the book Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, says Scrooge kept Christmas as well as anyone each and every year for the rest of his life. Isn't that wonderful? The man changed. Some lessons as I begin to close here. Sometimes, now listen to this, so powerful. Sometimes folks question God about not reaching out with the gospel to some people. And they'll say, what about those who have never heard the gospel? But truth be told, God reaches out to those people more than we could ever know. 
You think about Scrooge and all the people and all the things that went on that was reaching out to him. Think about it, starting with the Christmas carolers. The Christmas carolers. A lot of times we don't think about it as we should, but when those Christmas carolers come to the door and start singing about Jesus, that's one way that God's reaching out to people. And then, of course, Scrooge had his nephew and he had Marley and the three ghosts. Don't ever say that God doesn't reach out to people. He reaches out to people in ways that we don't even have any clue. God is a good God. And he reached out, I think you could make argument, to Scrooge. And here's another lesson. It's never too late to do the right thing. Scrooge was at the night of his death. But it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to repent. Scrooge repented just hours before his death and departure to hell. God gives people time to repent right up to their last breath. And don't ever forget it. Can you say amen? Now I'll end with a quote from the ghost. Now listen to this. I'm going to end with a quote from the ghost of Christmas present as he was leaving Scrooge. This, this has affected me so in my life. I saw this movie years and years ago and I... And it's affected me so. And, and this particular quote is my most favorite quote, I think, from this whole movie. And I didn't share it with you earlier, but I wanted to close with it. It's a quote from the ghost of Christmas present as he was leaving Scrooge after he had spent that hour with him. And he said this to him right before 3 a.m., just before the ghost of Christmas yet to come showed up. And Scrooge said to this ghost of Christmas present, he said, don't leave. There's still much we have to discuss. And the ghost told Scrooge. <clears throat> he said, there's not enough time to do or say all the things that we would like. So we must do and say as much as we can in the time that we have. Because suddenly you're not there anymore. You think about that. There's not enough time to do or to say all the things that we would like. So we must do and say as much as we can in the time that we have. Because suddenly you're not there anymore. Now you may be wondering, how am I going to segue from Scrooge into a candle lighting service? But it's very simple. Scrooge became the greatest candlelighter London has ever seen. Once Scrooge's candle got lit, and if you didn't hear my message from Wednesday night on social media, you could go listen to it. I talked about, is your candle lit? Are you born again? The spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord. And when people get born again, see their, their, their candles, their spirits get hooked back up with the life of God. And see, that's what happened. Scrooge repented. His candle got lit. And then what did he do? He didn't just stay in his old decrepit house. He went out and he lit up the whole town. And the place was buzzing. He went from being a candle snuffer to a candle lighter. 
And I have a question for you today. I have a question for you on social media. Are you, first of all, is your candle lit? Have you repented of your sins and received Jesus? But once your candle is lit, I have another question for you. Are you a candle lighter or are you a candle snuffer? Do you go, do you go around snuffing out other people's candles, so to speak, and bringing gloom and doom to them? Or do you go around lighting people's candles up? We ought to go around lighting people's candles up. And that's what Scrooge did. He became one of the, I mean, think about Scrooge. When you, when you think Scrooge, people think miser and skinflint. Why don't we think candlelighter? I mean, this guy became one of the greatest candlelighters of all time. Think about, think about that maniac of Gadara in the Bible. We think about the maniac of Gadara, but after Jesus got finished with him, he became the evangelist of Decapolis. He, he became a, a candlelighter. He went out telling people about Jesus. Think about the apostle. Paul. He first started out as Saul of Tarsus and he went around snuffing everybody's candle out, all the Christians. He was the greatest persecutor of the church that, 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 that you could imagine back in that time. But after Jesus got finished with him and, 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 and Saul of Tarsus got his candle lit, he became the Apostle Paul and he went out lighting more candles than you could imagine and God used him to write half or almost two thirds of the New Testament. Can you say amen to that? But when I think of Scrooge, let's don't think of a miser. Let's think of a candlelighter. Because it's not how somebody starts out that's the, that matters. It's how does somebody end up. Glory to God. And Scrooge wound up being a great, great candlelighter. Glory to God. So listen, if you're out there on social media and you've never repented of your sins and received Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to do that. And you do that simply by repenting of your sins and calling on the name of the Lord. The Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So call on the name of Jesus with a repentant and believing heart. And I tell you what, you'll get born again. You'll get saved. Jesus will light your spirit up and you'll miss hell. You'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And then go out and be a candlelighter. What, what do I mean by that? Go out and tell other people about Jesus. Glory to God. All right, let's everybody stand. And uh, if you want to leave social media on, you can. But uh, because of uh, COVID, do y'all have your candles? In years gone by, in years gone by, we would at this time, we would have the wax candles. And, uh, you know, I'd start out lighting my candle and then we'd go around the room and light everybody's candle. But because of COVID... We need to keep our distance, you know, and uh, and all of that. And they don't want us blowing out and all of that. And, and think about it. How are you going to blow a candle out with your mask on? You know, <laughs> so how are we going to do the candlelight service? So we decided what we would do is do instead of uh, uh, having fire and 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 uh, wax, we'd have batteries. So is that all right? Amen. It's better than nothing. Is that right? Praise God. So, so what I want to do here is, is, is I want you to think about this. And the way you do this is you just turn it to the right and the, and the candle comes on. So they can cut the lights if, if you want to cut the lights. I don't know how it's going to look on social media, but they can cut the lights. Oh my. And, uh, see the world lay in darkness after Adam and Eve sinned. But Jesus came into the earth as the light of the world. 
And he came in to light everyone's candle. And all who will repent and believe, you know, he was born of a virgin. Thank God he was born of a virgin. That's what we celebrate this time of the year, his virgin birth, you know. But he came not only to be born, but to die on Calvary's cross and to be raised from the dead. And the whole purpose of that was so that our candles could be lit, our spirits could be hooked back up with the life of God. And so as we turn this, these, these lights on, I want us all to think about how thankful we should be for Jesus and that he came and uh, that he lit our lights. And then I also want you to think about your life here today as we've talked about Scrooge. I want you, and let's go ahead and turn our candles and light them up. There, I just lit mine up. Let's just kind of hold these up. That's so pretty as I look around the room. They're, 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 they're almost as pretty as the, as the wax candles. I'd say, I'd say almost equivalent. But, but I want you to, with your heads bowed for just a moment, I want you to think about your life. Think about your life. And as I said while I was teaching on Scrooge, there's nothing that we can do about our past except learn from it. Now many people live in their past and, and it's not a good thing. But if you really think about it, there's nothing we can really do about our past except learn from it. But let's think about the here and the now. Let's think about the here and the now. Let's think about our lives, where we're headed, what the Lord has for us yet out in, in our future, what he wants us to do, what he doesn't want us to do. Let's think about these things. Let's think about these things this Christmas of 2020. It's been a very challenging year for so many. Very challenging year. I'm 57 years old. It's the most challenging year that, that I've seen for the United States since I've been born. That I've seen. I'm talking about a whole year, essentially. But we're going to leave this year. We're going to move on out into the future. But let's learn from Scrooge. Decisions he made in days gone by affected where he was. And so we can't do anything about the past. But let us learn from it. And let us think about where we are today. And where we are headed. And let us seek the face of God. And let us be ever mindful of him and sensitive to his spirit. Let us stay in his holy written word. First and foremost. Let's stay before him in prayer and let's be led by the Holy Spirit so that we'll make right decisions. That we'll make right decisions here and now and in the time that lay just out in front of us so that as we get on down the road, another however long it is, we can look back and say, I'm so glad I made those right decisions. I'm so glad I heard from God and listened to him. I'm so glad because as a result of what I've done here and now, I've affected so many more people for the good. I've helped so many more people and I'm so much bettered off. 
So let's be sensitive. I feel like that's what the Spirit of God is saying to us right now. Let us, let us learn from our past. And let us realize that our future depends on decisions that we make in the here and the now. And the scripture comes to me that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter. And so we're righteous because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's stay on the path that he has for us. And this candle that you hold in front of you, let that be, be symbolic to you of the light of the Spirit of God. And let's follow his light. As I've said, let's follow him in the written word. Let's follow him as he leads us and guides us on the inside with peace versus no peace. And as we do, our paths will get brighter and brighter. It'll become more evident with, with each passing day of what path we're supposed to take. We're supposed to, remember this, there's many paths out there. But we want to stay on the path of the righteous, the path that God has for us. And things will get brighter and brighter to the dawning of the new day. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm going to just lift my candle up to the Lord. Can't really do this with wax candles, but we can with these battery-operated ones. I'm going to just hold my candle up to him and... Lord, I just commit to you right now with the time that I have left to bring as much light to people as I can, as much light of the gospel of Jesus Christ as I can in the time that I have left. And it's an honor and a privilege to do so in Jesus' name. And you make that same commitment to him. It's a good commitment. Amen and amen. All right. Well, you can turn them off now. You don't have to blow them out. Don't have to worry about candle wax on the chairs. Did you get anything out of that today? Was that okay? I never preached on that before. So a lot of good lessons in there, guys, gals. Well, God bless you. And hey, Merry Christmas to you. And we'll see you next time.